Hey everybody, it's Colin Ellis here for another episode of Culture and Coffee on Monday the 30th of August 2021 and it's officially 117 days until Christmas. So there's that to look forward to. No doubt in England the prices have, the, the, the price have already gone up on stuff and it used to bug my my dad, and most things bug my dad, but that really used to, why have they got the stuff in the shops for Christmas? It's only, I don't know, June or whatever it was. It seems like every time, as soon as Easter's finished, they start, they start stocking up for Christmas. 117 days, so there you go. It's a, it got to have the small things to look forward to, I think. My daughter's already getting excited for Christmas. She already planned what she's buying, everybody. Um, and so for me, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's just whiskey. Can she back in a kind of thirteen-year-old going to a liquor store? No, but they can definitely send their mum in to do that. How are you? How was your weekend? What did we get up to? You got any good hobbies? You got hobbies you can throw yourself into? Um, I was speaking to one of my friends last week, Digby. Digby has got the most hobbies. Actually, he's got the he's got the best and most hobbies of anyone I know. Digby's got like. Just all of the hobbies. He's got he he he's a surfer, right? It's kind of an Aussie Kiwi thing. He's he's a surfer. He does that thing where you where you have a surfboard and a kite at the same time. What's that? Uh, kite surfing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that really wasn't that hard to figure out. So he does kite surfing. He's a skier. He's a snowboarder. He plays the guitar. Not only does he play the guitar. He's now making guitars, right? So he's got, you know, he can draw on any of those hobbies. You know, we were talking about this and I, and I thought afterwards, what, what do I do? What are my hobbies? My, like my hobbies are rubbish in comparison to all of those things, you know. Like I like watching football, you know, I like watching baseball. They're my, they're my thing. Like Saturday I'll sit down and I'll watch a full baseball game, which can sometimes go to three and a half hours. That's a bit of a... It's a bit of a treat, I like to think, you know, and enjoy doing that. And I, and I get my 90-minute football fix, um, usually on a Sunday morning or a Monday morning. So I do that. Uh, I do crosswords. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, I like a bit of quiet. I think as well being, I don't know if other, other extroverts find that, is my actual hobbies are, are generally quiet things that I do on my own. So I do all of the extrovert stuff where, like, I like being around lots of people, but but actually the things that I do for myself are quite quiet and solitary. So crosswords, go to the gym. I mean, I mean, that's not a hobby. It's what you gotta do, right? So that I can eat and drink what I want. Um Yeah, then after that, I'm sure oh no, I like reading. There you go. I like reading. I like reading books, I like reading articles and stuff like that. I mean, I like write I mean, I'm writing books. Is that a hobby? I suppose I suppose that could be a hobby. Could that be a hobby? Um, I like ironing. I mean, these are. Just, I'm just getting into chores now, like ironing, vacuuming. Like I gotta get get a sense of satisfaction from ironing. I do like. I don't. Know. Oh, I like shopping. I like shopping. Oh my god! I remember. I remember a guy, an old guy that I worked with once said it wasn't natural for a bloke to like shopping. Like this was a while ago. Uh, there's still no excuse for that. He's like, it's just not natural. It's not natural for a guy to look forward to going shopping. I, I love shopping, right? I do. It's ex it's an expensive hobby. Uh, but can you see what I mean? My hobbies are rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Um, 
So anyway, I'm, I hope you enjoyed your weekend, whatever it, whatever it was that you do. So I suppose doing a podcast is a bit of a hobby as well. Uh, it's something I look forward to, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes. Hope whatever you did the weekend, hope you had a, hope you had a good weekend. Um, this week's coffee is a Mugea uh, from Kirinyaga in K- Kirinyaga, Kirinyaga. I just, I just don't know with those flat A's. Like, you know, Liverpool, Kirinyaga. It's from Kirinyaga in Kenya, lad. That's where it is. Kirinyaga. I, I would say Kirinyaga in Kenya. Um, and it's roasted by Wooden Co., who are uh, based in the Melbourne suburb of Brunswick, which is, again, not far from here. It's, uh, it's owned, it's set up by a guy called Aaron Wood. Aaron's originally from New Zealand. All the best roasters, all the best coffee people are Australian, New Zealand. Um, yeah, he's originally from New Zealand. I think he's from Auckland, actually. And he, he roasts coffee in, it's, a, it's about, I don't know, maybe a 10-minute walk uh, from where I am. It's Kirinyaga. It's got notes of black currants, lemongrass, and a sweet toffee finish. Let me just have a little sip of this. Oh, my gosh. That's delicious. Delicious. Um, I noticed on the packet, actually, when I was looking at the packet this morning, it, 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 yeah, you, there's lots of different colorings and all of the kind of thing, and you know, you get the, uh, the, the sense of where it's from, and it says on the fully washed beans. Now, if, it, if you ever buy beans or if you buy bags of coffee, it will say things like fully washed or uh, semi washed or natural. Um, so I thought I'd just meant to talk about what that is. So, so if it, so this one is a fully washed bean, and so what that means is the coffee cherries. Now, if I, if I get this wrong, if anyone is way more knowledgeable in coffee and wants to let me know, that's cool. CDE at culturefix.xyz. Um, the coffee cherries are put in like water to, to, to kind of separate them out. And the ripe, the ripe cherries, they kind of float, uh, they, they sink to the bottom, whereas the, the unripe ones or the really poor cherries, they float, right? So the ripe ones sink to the bottom. Then what you do is you remove the skin of the cherry for each individual by pressing it like it um, through a screen using the machine. So like almost kind of squashed, really. But there's some of the pulp sticks to the beans. All right. So the actual bean inside the, the, the cherry. And so then you have to use another method, another method to make sure that all of that kind of residue, all of that mucus is gone. Um, which which makes it sound like um, an easy thing, but it's not. It's kind of really highly skilled. It's delicate. And when you watch them, right, it's like when you watch people make anything, it's fascinating how they do it. It really, really is. Um, because what they have to do is make sure that the actual flavor of the coffee isn't affected. So there you go. That's the coffee for today. Kirinyaga from Kenya. Uh, so today I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, fun. Uh, and so I want to say a big thank you for Mandy Hooper uh, for the suggestion. Mandy suggested this over on the Culture Makers community. If you're interested in culture, head over to the Culture Makers community. That's culturemakers.community. And there's not a lot in the world that's uh, to, to, to kind of make you laugh right now. Uh, not that, you know, not that the world is constantly throwing up events that, you know, make you laugh. Uh, but there isn't. There's not a lot going on right now where you're like, oh, 
Let's have a bit of a laugh. Let's get together with our friends. Can't do that in Australia at the minute. Let's do that. Have a bit of a laugh. It's all bad news at the minute. And one of the things that I do, which I highly, highly recommend, is I stopped reading the news. And now that's, that may sound like a ridiculous thing to do at a time when there's nothing but loads and loads of news. Uh, but honestly, it's so good for your mental health. Because I think, honestly, it's draining our ability to laugh. Our constant consumption of news is draining our ability to laugh. I read it. I read an article actually in on the news like a couple of years back. When I was oh, it was about five years ago when I was when I was reading when I was writing the Conscious Project Leader, which was my first book, and it was it, it was it was an article about how basically news is bad for you. Oh, the irony reading it on the news. And, it, you know, it, it talked about the fact that it's deliberately misleading. Often you'll have one newsworthy event and then it's surrounded by lots of opinion and it becomes hard to see the fact through the opinion, if that makes sense. It's toxic to your body because what it does, is it, it triggers the limbic system. Um, and then we have all of these kind of stories that trigger panic and it deregulates your immune system and it puts you in a, a, a state of, of, of constant stress. Is any of this ringing true for anybody having read the news this morning? Um, it generates things like fear and anger and, and aggression. It, it, it stops you kind of thinking because what it does is it sends you off and, and you'll know this yourself it sends you off into these little rabbit holes and what you end up doing is kind of piecing things together rather than taking time to really consider things you know I, I you know I say I stop reading the news I subscribe to the Atlantic and, and every month they send you a magazine and I love getting the magazine because I can you know they've got these these fantastic stories and you can sit with the story for a while and really consider well kind of what's your view on it the, the main reason I stop reading the news being honest is it's addictive it's like a drug is once you've read one thing you read another and another and, and you end up, and we call it doom scrolling, you end up doom scrolling. And then you feel like you have to check the news like every 15 minutes, every 20 minutes. So, so yeah, I was, in, I was in a reasonably good habit before is I would check the news in the morning and concentrate on the headlines. And then I would read maybe one or two things. Uh, and then I would check the news in the evening. But I've stopped doing that now. I now check the news a particular time of day. Uh, the public health announcements are released about 11 o'clock here in, in Melbourne. And so I've checked the news once a day. And that's it. That's all. That's all I need to do. And I just read headlines. I don't actually read the stories themselves. So at that time, I'll also jump onto the BBC website. So BBC New York website is really good because it's less gen generally about opinion uh, and I catch up and I don't know, it just, I feel, I, f I don't, I feel that I'm not getting dragged down. Honestly, I feel that there is more time for laughter. Um, and when I, when I talk about laughter, I'm not talking about kind of you being a stand-up comedian, although there's tons to learn from stand-up comedians. There really, really is. It's about having a bit of a levity and, and levity, you know, kind of the definition of levity is is lightness of mind, it's character, it's behaviour. And and that behaviour generates laughter, it generates uh, smiles. And I think 
it's one of those qualities of leadership that we don't often talk about. And certainly within cultures themselves, you know when you're working in a good culture because there is levity, there is lightness, there is laughter. Judd Apatow, who who is a stand-up comedian turned director, uh, he said of comedians, you see so many people who are good, but that don't go that last 25% in effort to become great. And I think the same is true of, of leaders. I do, you know, I, I talk a lot about the fact that leadership is a choice. It's a choice to make a positive difference to, to humans' lives. And there's so much to leadership. I think I should write a leadership book. There you go. There's, there's my hobby for the next 18 months, two years, write a leadership book. Um, it, it is, it's, it's, it's one of those qualities um, that I think, you know, it, it, it really, it's a real demonstration, I think, of, of, of self-awareness and emotional intelligence, particularly if you've got a self-deprecating sense of humor. Now, there's lots of kinds of, there's lots of different uh, versions of humor. Um, some are appropriate and, and some are not appropriate. And I think, you know, I, we, we, we still have the sense when we talk about humor in the workplace, we think it's about, it's about kind of making jokes. And it's not necessarily about that. Right. Self-deprecation, I think, is a is a is a great way of humor. And, and so that's where something happens to you. Now, this is not about putting yourself down. Right. It's about something that happens that you can immediately comment on that kind of, I don't know, demonstrates a little bit of humility. Uh, self-deprecating humor, observational humor for me is is the easiest thing. And that's the the thing that you see a lot of on, on Zoom calls. And it's about managers and leaders finding those moments for a laugh. Um, I, I read a great book called Truth and Comedy because, what I suppose, another one of my hobbies. So I like to write uh, a comedy for my for my sessions, if you're laughing, you're learning, right? I think I mentioned that before. But I like to write comedy, not necessarily jokes, but observational humor about things like, you know, kind of meetings. Last thing we did back to back, we shoot each other, all of these kind of things. And so there's a great book by uh, Chana Helper and Del Close and, and Kim Howard Johnson called Truth in Comedy. And they, they, they are the masters of improvisation. And what they said, and it always stuck with me, is that the truth is funny. Honest discovery, observation, and reaction is better than contrived invention, and I love that because there's so much the, 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 there's so much that happens in work that's funny that we just don't ever stop to think about and actually and actually talk about. So you know when you if you if you're hybrid working at the minute when a child walks in when something falls down when people can see up your nostrils when you're on your call when you can't get your camera to work you know all of these you know I've been sharing a, a little bingo card for for Zoom calls so for people to play bingo during Zoom calls you know we can't hear you you're on mute I can't put my camera I'm in the car at the minute you know all of those things what we're not trying to do here is embarrass people we're just what we're trying to do is find a little bit of levity, a little bit of lightness um, in uh, in the way that we do things. And humour is good for your health. It really, really is. Now, I'm fortunate to grow up in a part of the world in, in, in Liverpool where, like, everybody is a comedian. Like, if you can't play football and you're not funny, you get asked to leave and you end up in New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> That's what happened. But, like, everybody is funny. And, you know, I... 
some of the happiest moments I had as kids were when we spent time around aunties and uncles. Because firstly, it brought out a different side in, in my own parents because they were comfortable in that environment. You know, they, there was a lot of Mickey taking. I remember my uncle said, one of my uncles said to me once, I must have been about 14, 15. Like, and I genuinely thought he was interested. And he was like, so Colin, do you have a girlfriend? I was like, oh yes, Uncle Eddie, I do. He was like, and he paused and I thought he was going to like say something really nice. And he was like, how are you getting a girlfriend looking like that? And it was one of those things, it sounds like, it sounds deliberately cutting and, I don't know, almost brutal, but it wasn't. It was really, really funny and there was kind of banter and backwards and forwards. And and, and so I think, you know, growing, certainly growing up, and, and especially when you're younger, if you're surrounded by that, it just becomes part of of what you do and it's part of something that you seek out but it does have health benefits it, it relieves tension it relieves stress it allows you to see a lighter side of life it does increase the immune system uh, scientists have found that it increases your uh, i suppose resistance to disease when you uh, when you take time to have a bit of a laugh uh, of course it releases endorphins that make you happy even those small moments now i'm not talking about you kind of you know, jumping around the place going, look how happy I am. All right, if you want to do that, go for it. Um, someone's going to give you a slap every now and again, though. Uh, but it does, you know, you get those you get those kind of moments where you, you just feel those bursts of happiness. So it's important that you share it. Um, and it improves uh, blood flow as well. Less likely to have a heart attack, apparently. So that's good, isn't it? It's got to be good. We, um, we, we you know, we laugh a lot as kids. Uh, there was, uh, I read a book called Humor Seriously, and, and there was a stat in there that said, you know, the average four-year-old laughs over 400 times a day. However, the average 40-year-old laughs 300 times every 10 weeks. Uh, and it's not like we lose the ability to laugh. We just forget how important it is, I think, sometimes. So, so what are some things that you can do, right? So let's be practical about humor. So if it's not about telling jokes, although, although... You can do that. You can have a, you know, you, know you, you can have a Monday where you share a joke or a Tuesday joke day. Just got to set some parameters around it. You know, nothing smutty, nothing potty. None of that stuff worked. Like it never worked in the office. There's always one, there was always one guy who thought that it did. Um, but none of that works in the office. So, um, you, you know, you just got to be careful about uh, what you say. Nothing derogatory, nothing discriminatory, uh, nothing that can harm another individual. You don't want to make people the butt of jokes. Uh, but you could, you could, if there's a joke that you heard that you enjoyed, by all means, share it. I think, I, honestly, I think it's better when you, when you take the time to, to look at those honest things that happen in your life. So share a funny story about something that happened in your life. And we've all got funny stories. You know, things have happened to, to all of us. Things have happened to all of us that are serious that you can turn into comedy as well. Um, you could change your Zoom picture to, to one of you when you were younger. Again, that's, there's a story behind that. It's a bit of levity. As, as you can see, it's not a joke. I mean, it depends on what you were in my old school photos. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, it just induces a little bit of humour, gets people laughing. You can play virtual meeting bingo, uh, like I told you, uh, like I mentioned. Um, you can you can encourage laughter and a sense of play. And, and the way to do that is to not move on too quickly. You know, it's to really, if there's a moment where there's a little bit of laughter, just 
kind of sit with it and just enjoy it for a bit. And that reminds me of a time when, oh, so something like that happened to me once. Has anything like that ever happened to anybody else, right? You can watch a funny movie together. Uh, Netflix introduced a feature called Netflix Party. I think it's called Teleparty now. Um, Teleparty, uh, so where, where you can all watch kind of a funny movie together. That's good. Um, uh, it's uh, part of teams we used to go to comedy nights comedy festivals which you know gave us something to take back into the office and then we would murder the jokes that we'd heard um, and one of my clients um uh, so kath she ran an exercise with her team where they recreated famous artworks from things you can only find in the house again just moments of levity and this was during the working day right uh so they actually uh, made time for it so you know ask yourself where's your fun coming from Where's the fun coming from? Where's the laughter coming from? Everyone's got a everyone's got a sense of humor. I know it feels sometimes like it, they haven't, but they have. It's just they just might be different to yours. Um, yeah. So where's it coming from? How are you making time for it? Because all cultures need fun. All cultures need a sense of laughter. All right. And as leaders, you can do this too. All right. What you just have to do is be on the lookout for humor, be on the lookout for laughter. Uh, yeah. And make sure it's always prevalent in your life. All right. That's it for today's Culture and Coffee podcast. If you've got a topic I'd love to, uh, you want me to cover, drop me a note at cde at culturefix.xyz. If you want to grab hold of my new book, you can do that. Just jump over to Amazon or head to my website, www.colindellis.com. Speak to you next week. Have a great week.